Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. But the reality is, is that you can't let your love grow cold. And that when you lose mercy and compassion and charity toward these others who have a different view than you, then it's in those times that godliness isn't winning your heart and the fruit of the Spirit isn't ruling your spirit. Instead, man, that's something else. And so in this time, we need love, we need mercy, we need compassion, we need charity, and we also need to hold to the truths that the scriptures teach us and not allow wickedness to increase. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. Unlike any other time, people are asking the question, is the end near? We have wars and rumors of wars, natural disasters, pandemics, and persecution. In this series, Pastor Philip is going to dive deep into the topic of end times as we study the book of Revelation, 1 Thessalonians, Ezekiel, Isaiah, and many other biblical prophecies. What we will find in this series is that Christians should not be scared of the end, but recognize God is bringing all things to a perfect ending. Please enjoy the message. Also means, I would say, is that God was guiding Truman. People have speculated and wondered why Truman would so quickly come along the side Israel. Maybe it was because of the atrocities of World War II. Maybe it was a political move. Maybe it was geopolitical. But again, I would argue it was something greater than that. Proverbs 21 says, The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord, and he directs it like a water course wherever he will. When people have authority, God has given them that authority. And God is still guiding and influencing those individuals because God's plan is greater than any of our plans. And with that, Israel was reestablished as a nation. And with that also, there was a regathering of an unbelieving Jewish people to Israel. They don't believe in Jesus, but they were regathered there. And that again was a, a fulfillment of prophecy. I am with you and will save you, declares the Lord. Though I completely destroy all the nations among which I scattered you, I will not completely destroy you. This is Jeremiah writing. These were very difficult times for the people of Israel in that occasion, but they came out of it, and there was a rebirth of their nation. Isaiah said it this way, In that day the Lord will reach out his hand a second time. The first time was when Artaxerxes issued a decree that Nehemiah should go back and rebuild Jerusalem. You can read that in the book of Nehemiah. Now he's referring to something else in the book of Isaiah. A second time. I'm going to reclaim the surviving remnant of his people from Assyria, the lower Egypt, from upper Egypt, from Cush, Elam, Babylonia, Hamath, from the islands of the sea. He will raise a banner for the nations and gather the exiles of Israel. He will assemble the scattered people of Judah from the four corners of the earth. What this is telling us is that there is going to be a great regathering of Jewish people in Israel, which is happening, has been happening. This is prophecy that was given at a time that was very difficult for the people of Israel. They were constantly being conquered and scattered throughout the world. And now we're seeing things happening that are fulfillments of those prophecies. This is encouraging stuff, especially for them. Now, how much is this regathering? Well, look at this. In 1900, there were 40, 
1,000 Jews in Palestine. By the end of World War II, there were 800,000. But today, nearly 7 million Jewish people who have come back to Israel from all over the world, and they are reclaiming the land and reestablishing the cities. Now, why are they regathering? Well, again, if you look at it from a premillennial standpoint, they are regathering because there is going to be judgment that's going to come upon them. The purpose of judgment from God is not ever to pay back. It's to bring back. This is what the Bible says in Ezekiel 20. As surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will rule over you with a mighty hand and outstretched arm and, without, and outpoured wrath. I will bring you from the nations and gather you from the countries where you have been scattered, which is what I'm just referring to, is happening right now and exponentially happening at even greater rates. With a mighty hand, outstretched arm, with outpoured wrath, I will bring you into the desert of the nations and there face to face I will execute judgment upon you. It's a judgment that comes about because they have turned from God. They have rejected his son. And this is meant to happen during the time of the tribulation. And we've talked about this in previous weeks, that the purpose of the tribulation is for the Jewish people to ultimately be judged, but then to be brought back into a right relationship with the Lord, not through a sacrifice that they can make, but through a sacrifice that was made for them by Jesus. And many will come to faith as a result of that. That is what this is in reference to. Now, there are other things that are beyond Israel, we have to consider Israel, but are beyond Israel that are more relevant to you, and maybe even some things that you've heard about for why Jesus' return might be nearer than we think. Things like modern technological advances that have taken place. Now, what am I referring to there? Well, I'm referring to this. In Revelation 13, this is what the scripture says. He, uh, being uh, the beast, forced everyone, great and small, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hands or on their forehead so that they could not buy or sell unless they had the mark, which is the name, names of the beast or of the number of its name, the number 666. Now, there was a time meant several years ago when I would read this and think, well, how in the world are they going to limit the purchase of product. Like it's, that's an incredibly challenging thing to have happen, especially when there's so much cash available. But as we all know, we're becoming increasingly a cashless society. Now, that's probably still off in the future when that actually happens, but, but it's becoming more and more of a thing as you have things like PayPal and Venmo and Zelle and Apple Pay and debit cards and credit cards available to you. Pew Research said this, that a in a typical week, 29% of Americans make absolutely zero purchases using cash. Now, I'm not saying you need to go hoard cash, and I'm not saying that you need to have a bunch of cash and use cash for everything. That's not at all what I'm saying. I'm just saying what we have here is there's been such a development in technology that you can see how a number or a tattoo, or something else along those lines would be utilized to make purchases, and then down the road could then be leveraged against people to keep them from making purchases through modern technological advances. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope that this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we'd love to meet you in person. 
We offer Sunday services at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. Do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed at a local church. Because it's here that we met Jesus and he changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We would love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com, for more information. And again, those Sunday service times are at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. Now let's get back to our program. And I also thought to myself, why in the world would anybody ever get a number put on them? And then, and I like Mike Tyson, but half his face is a tattoo. I'm like, if, Mike, if somebody like that will put a tattoo on their face and all people putting tattoos and piercings everywhere else, I'm thinking to myself, you know what? Anything is possible and nothing is out of question. But there have been a lot of advances in which somebody could potentially control what people buy and what people sell in our world. Another reason that Christ's return may be near is developments of weapons of mass destruction. In the Revelation chapter 8, verse 7, the first angel sounded his trumpet, and there came hail and fire mixed with blood, and it was hurled down on the earth. A third of the earth was burned up, a third of the trees were burned up. Now, when I read that, again, initially, my mind went to Sodom and Gomorrah. My mind went to a meteorite or some other type of major natural disaster that would cause a third of the world to be burned up. But we know now, even more so in our recent times, as this Russia and Ukraine war is developing, if you have nuclear bombs, it doesn't take many of those to annihilate the entire world. Like I even saw a study that we, could, that we could literally obliterate the world and all of its inhabitants a thousand times over with the amount of nuclear weapons that are available to us. And so with these, with these chemical weapons and with these other nuclear weapons that are now available, you can see how a third of the world could easily be burnt up. Now, I'm not saying it's going to happen tomorrow. I'm just saying... Jesus said something like this is going to happen, and it's not going to be pretty. Another thing that we learn of from the Bible about why Christ's return might be near is a worldwide proliferation of evil. It's, as you examine our world today, what you begin to see is that things aren't really getting better. They're kind of getting worse. An example of this is a classic movie 1939, Gone with the Wind, came out. And one of the particular storylines that's interesting to me about Gone with the Wind is it was the first movie to actually have a cuss word in it. One prominent preacher in New York City was published having said, if we allow that cuss word into this movie, there will be no end to where it will take us. Now, people made comments and jokes and called him a prude for this comment of his and the statement of his and essentially, you might say, this prophecy of his. And now, recently, a few years back, there was another movie, The Wolf of Wall Street. 
I haven't seen this particular movie, but in it, it has been noted that the F word is used over 500 times. Now, I, I don't understand how that is possible. I have been to a few football games, and I have seen the creativity of people's cuss words, where it can be a noun, an adjective, an adverb, <laughs> a predicate. You, they, they find all kinds of ways to use these words. But 500 times, that is an increase. That is an increase, you might say, of what we would say is evil in our world. Jesus said this in Luke 17. He said, just as it was in the days of Noah, so also will it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. People were eating, drinking, marrying, and being given in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. Then the flood came and destroyed them all. So Jesus is saying the end is going to be like that day. But how do you describe the day of Noah and the people of Noah's time? Well, Genesis chapter 6, verse 5, described it this way. The imagination of man's heart was wicked continually. And then something had to be done about that. That word imagination is interesting, especially in our day, right now in our time. Some of you might be aware of this, but if you're not, Disney has recently issued a campaign that is known as Reimagine Tomorrow. And in this particular campaign, there is a goal of, in a very, very short period of time, to increase 50% uh, of the prominent characters in the Disney storylines towards minorities and races, which is fine. No, no problem there. But then there's also a heavy emphasis on um, having characters that are bisexual, um, non-binary. Um, you might even have people in there that are other questioning gender and other aspects of that particular movement. That is a major agenda of theirs. And that is something that in our day and time is being incredibly celebrated. Now, what I got to tell you from a biblical point of view, just talking about this biblically from a point of view, that God created man and he created woman. And I understand that there are certain predispositions and, and someone might lean one way a little more and lean another way a little ways, but the reality is, is God made a man and he made him female. And he designed marriage to go a certain way. And he created us to be a certain way with our genders and with our sexuality. And if we want society to flourish, like this is how it needs to happen. He is the creator, not us. And in him, me and the creator, he has designed us to operate in a certain way. And that particular viewpoint is being seen as evil, okay? You can approach Disney however you want. And I think that there's definitely a strong argument to say, I need to engage Disney, I need to be a part of that company, I need to influence them in a godly way. There's a good argument for that. And then there may be an argument to say, you know what, we're going to pull back, we're going we're to distance ourselves from that. You get to decide how you want to approach it. My point in this is, this is a classic example of, of the worldview of godliness is evil, and evil is good. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. I hope that this message has been an encouragement to you. I know that it has been to others. You see, it is through the generous contributions of people like you 
that this ministry can thrive and get God's truth out into the world. I recently received a card from someone who said, thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. They are encouraging and refreshing as we get the opportunity to hear biblically-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. And that is just one of several notes that we have received of those who appreciate the teaching here at Hope for the Day. If you'd like to become a partner of ours, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website at valleyviewcc.com. It's there that you can click on the Give tab, and then you can designate your gift to go to the Hope for the Day ministry. And we would love it if you would partner with us in this way, and I know many others would as well. If you are in the Denver metropolitan area, we wouldn't want you to just be a supporter of ours. We want you to attend one of our services in person to be a part of the experience that we have here at Valley View Christian Church. We offer three service times on Sunday at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And it's at each one of these services that we record the messages that you hear here on Hope for the Day. Now let's get back to today's broadcast. And we've also seen this very prominent in our state of Colorado and very prominent throughout our country, this issue of abortion and how you have a child in a womb who has no rights and how you have a child whose life can be taken at any particular time, not just in the first few weeks, but even in a few weeks before birth or even seemingly right after birth, depending on certain circumstances. It's pretty scary. It's evil. But that evil is being celebrated as good, and the good to say, no, no, that is a life, is being said, no, no, that's evil. And also to be clear in all this too, to make sure that you, know, you don't interpret this as some political thing, we have, asked, we, have, we have groups, and I would say it's a small group, of even in a Christian community, where you look back on like a January 6th riot, like, that's not a good thing. And we should never say storming a Capitol building and stopping a vote is a good thing. And I would just say, hey, people can rally, they can speak out against, but that thing went way too far. This abortion bill that we just had in our state, way too far. And what we're seeing now, it's happening even with cartoons and our kids' shows. It's just too far. But the world views godliness as evil, and evil is good. And Isaiah spoke of this a long time ago. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Jesus said in Matthew 24, In the last days, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. And this is a really helpful, practical point for us, and I'm going to talk about some of the implications of these truths in a moment, but you got to be careful if you believe in Jesus that you allow some of what I even just shared to make you angry. Because that's another sign of the end and wickedness increasing. And a Christian, it may increase differently than in others who don't believe in Jesus. But the reality is, is that you can't let your love grow cold. And that when you lose mercy and compassion and charity toward these others who have a different view than you, then it's in those times that Godliness isn't winning your heart, and the fruit of the Spirit isn't ruling your spirit. Instead, man, that's something else. 
And so in this time, we need love, we need mercy, we need compassion, we need charity, and we also need to hold to the truths that the scriptures teach us and not allow wickedness to increase. The last thing I want to leave you with is this, important points to remember about the end times. I think we need to remember where we live, where we are, and with that, we need to remember the persecuted. We, I think one of the reasons that Americans, in particular, struggle with end times teaching is that we have it so good. We literally live in a society that is as close to heaven as any society has ever been. We don't have to worry about food. We don't have to worry about water. We don't have to worry about the quality of that water that we drink. And we have a democracy that is seemingly functioning pretty okay. We have a lot of good things happening to us. We can dream for the future. You want to imagine something? We can imagine so many things for the future. But we have to remember the persecuted. They don't have it as good. And for them, the end of the Bible where John says in Revelation, come, Jesus, come. Like that is the same context that John was, John, same context that John was in, those people are in. People like in Afghanistan. This is what the World Watch list who monitors Christian persecution in our world said. When the Taliban took control of Afghanistan, they tried to appear moderate, but there's no sign that Christianity will be anything other than a death sentence in that country. And this is a very reputable organization that is making known the persecution that's happening in the world today. Another note of theirs is at least a quarter, though arguably much more, of all hate crimes registered in Europe in 2020 were anti-Christian, representing 70% increase from 2019. The COVID-19 pandemic has offered a new weapon to persecutors. In some areas, Central African Republic being one, Christians have been deliberately overlooked in the local distribution of government aid unless they convert to Islam and have even been accused of spreading the virus. And then in another report from the World Watch List, over 360 million Christians suffer high levels of persecution and discrimination for their faith, a rise of 20 million from last year. The number represents one in seven Christians worldwide this year record, records the highest levels of persecution since the first list was published 29 years ago. So as we live in our time, we may be thinking, no, Jesus, don't come back, don't come back, because we have so much to dream for, so much to pursue, and we do. But you have to remember there are those in this world who are saying, come, Jesus, come. I, I'm, I'm tired, of, I don't want to lose another family member. I don't want to deal with another day of persecution. I don't want to deal with another day of being falsely imprisoned. In China today, uh, there is a significant movement against um, what's known as uh, political prisoners. These are people who are in some way or form against the communist regime there. And with this movement that I'm referring to, it's organ harvesting. And so they'll take these political prisoners, which would be people like many of you and me, and they just take your organs. They sell them on a black market or they uh, give them to others of note who support the communist regime and are higher level in that regime. And they just take organs. And it's very, very common. And this, these are the types of things that can be tracked through medical journals, journals and whatnot. And you can research it yourself. There are people who are praying for him to come. And we need to accept that reality. And with that, with that, we need to remember the lost in our world because when he returns there isn't another chance Jesus said this in Matthew 24 and this is the one thing that has to happen before he can return 
And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. Now, nations that Jesus is referring to is not nations as we know them today. They're people groups. They're languages that are spoken. There are estimates, conservatively speaking, that every nation group and people group could be reached by 2032 with the gospel. Now, that doesn't mean that Jesus will come back at that moment. But what that does mean is that he can't come back until that moment. And so there is a, quite a bit of effort to get the gospel to these people. And that is important because when he returns, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient. The Lord is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. In other words, there is still time for your sister, for your husband, for your wife, for your grandparents for your neighbor, for your coworker, for your friend to come to believe in Jesus and to have hope when that day comes. There is still time, but the clock is ticking and the time is beginning to become less and less and less and less. And so we have to have an urgency to want to enter into those conversations with others because when he returns, there isn't another opportunity for them to believe. And instead, at that moment, they are eternally, they're eternally lost. And so in this time, that should give us urgency. In this time, it should give us encouragement for those that believe in Jesus. And in this time, it should also give us direction for what we got to do. Well, unfortunately, we have to bring today's message to a close. But my hope is that the word that was spoken was an encouragement to you. That's always our hope here at Hope for the Day. Did you know that these messages are recorded at Valley View Christian Church every Sunday. And if you're here in the Denver metropolitan area, we'd love to have you attend one of our Sunday services at Valley View Christian Church. We have Sunday service times at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And we'd love to have you come and attend one of those services and be with us. And I, Pastor Philip Holland, would love to meet you in person. And also remember that the Hope for the Day broadcast is available on your favorite podcast provider. So we look forward to having you again with us on Hope for the Day.